Most people weren't like Noah. They were mean and they hurt one another. They did bad things. They didn't follow God. And that made the world a sad place to live. The people's disobedience made God sad too. One day, God said something strange to Noah. I want you to build a huge boat. There is going to be a flood over the whole world and it will destroy everything. Only the people and animals on the boat will live. Noah must have been confused. Um, God, what's a flood? And how do I build a boat that gigantic? God told Noah how to build the boat. And Noah did exactly what God said. The boat was enormous. It was longer than a football field. The boat was so big that elephants and tigers and turtles and dogs and every other kind of animal could fit inside. That must have been a very noisy and a very smelly boat. After the animals and Noah and his family were in the boat, God shut the door for them. It started to rain. It didn't stop raining for 40 days. All the land and the trees and the mountains were covered by water. But Noah's family and the animals in the big boat stayed dry and safe. Noah and his family trusted God and they followed him and God saved them from the flood. Noah, his family and the animals were safe in the boat for a long time. A really, really long time. Even after the rain stopped, there was still water everywhere. So they had to stay on that big, smelly, noisy boat. Everyone was probably tired of being on that boat. They probably wanted to get out and find grass to play on or to eat. But the people and the animals all had to wait for the water to dry up. A few times Noah opened a window and let a bird fly out to look for land. One day the bird returned with a green leaf in its mouth. That meant trees were growing and the water was drying up. Still the people and the animals on the boat kept waiting and waiting and waiting. Finally, the water was gone and Noah opened the door. Everyone was so excited. The birds flew in the sky in circles. The animals jumped and they ran and they rolled. And the first thing Noah and his family did was to thank God for protecting them. God knew that the next time it rained, people might be afraid that another flood would destroy the world and so he put a rainbow in the sky. Noah and his family saw it. Wow, that's beautiful. What does it mean? And God said, This is my promise that I will never flood the earth again. Every time you see a rainbow, remember my promise to take care of you.
Thank you, Brian. As ever, brilliantly read. Life's full of unexpected events, isn't it? Things that surprise us, things that we don't anticipate. And over the next four weeks, uh, we're kind of going to give you a, a, a kind of survival guide for when things don't go quite to plan. Uh, so this morning, it's how to build a lifeboat. Uh, next week, it's, it's how to tame a lion. Then the following week, it's how to kill a giant. And lastly, the story of Jonah, how to catch a fish. Okay, hands up if you've ever built a boat. Richard, a dinghy. Ah. How did it go? Not well. <laughs> and did it sail? <laughs> Capsized. It's not easy to build a boat. I tried once in the town where we lived previously where I was pastor of a church in Linlithgow. Every year they have a paper boat race in September. Uh, so there's a canal goes through Linlithgow between Glasgow and Edinburgh and there's this big canal basin and uh, it's like an amphitheater so uh, the whole town gathers around uh, this canal basin and uh, you can enter a boat in the paper boat race. But, you know, by very definition of the boats, these boats don't stay afloat for very long. So it's kind of a race against time. Uh, so me and another guy built a kind of canoe thing with paddles. We capsized after about uh, three strokes. So that didn't go well. But what made me really laugh was that one of our small groups, one of our life groups, was packed full of people with very useful skills when it comes to building a boat. There was engineers in there. Uh, one of the guys who is one of the lead designers of the aircraft carriers that are just being built for the UK, he's in that group. And they built this little boat, two-man boat, one in the front, one in the back, and they put it in the water. The two of them got in, and it sank without trace. <laughs> so I still laugh when I think about it. And it just goes to show that it's quite hard to build a boat. Just ask the, the makers of the Titanic, which sank very quickly as well. You know what they say about the story of Noah? Uh, the Titanic was built by experts and professionals, and the ark was built by an amateur. So that gives us hope, I think. So when it comes to Noah, uh, what we have in Noah is the world's greatest conservationist. He built a floating zoo that accommodated all kinds of animals and creatures. And the question I just want us to think about this morning is, why did God choose Noah? Because he didn't have the skills required. He didn't have the knowledge. Why did he pick Noah rather than anyone else? Uh, and at the end of one of the chapters, it simply said this, Noah found favor with God. And that's why God picked Noah, because he looked at Noah and he saw a man who was dedicated to following God and walking with him. Not that Noah had any fantastic skills. He wasn't a perfect man, but he, he was wholly aimed, his life was wholly aimed at God and compared to everyone else, that's what God decided was important. 
And that's encouraging for us as well, because if we lame our lives at God, God will choose us and use us to do things for him. It's like the parable of the talents. We don't need to have a lot of talent. All we need to do is use what God's given us, and God will take it and multiply it and use it for his glory. And that's what God did with Noah. Now, first thing Noah had to do was get his qualifications. And that seems like a good thing to do when it comes to building a boat. So in Genesis chapter 6, verse 9, it says this, Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. And there's a lot in there that we can learn from this morning when it comes to what qualifies us to serve God. First of all, it says Noah was a righteous man. That means he tried to live his life the right way before God. He had his heart right before God. He was someone who loved God and followed him. Like David, he was a man after God's own heart. He was a righteous man. And we can be like that too. All we have to do is give our heart the essence of who we are to God, and he can use that for his glory. He also tried to live his life the right way. In the story, it talks about the whole of humanity going away from God and only doing evil in his sight. But Noah was the exact opposite. He chose to journey in the opposite direction to everyone else. And God saw that and saw someone that he could use. And the same is true for us in this culture as well. As it journeys away from God, we need to think carefully about the direction everyone else is traveling in and look at God's word and aim ourselves at God regardless of what everyone else is doing. It also says here that he was a blameless man among the people of his time. Now I looked up what that original Hebrew word means and it literally means he was a whole man. That word blameless means that Noah was a whole man. In other words, his whole life was directed towards God. Everything he did, everything he thought about, all his motives, all his reactions to life were wholly guided by God. And again, that's something that we can do in our lives. It says Noah walked with God. And there's a motion there, isn't it? Uh, it's not just about sitting doing Bible reading in the morning, although that's important, or being stationary, or carving out a space in your day that's God's, and the rest of the day is your own. Noah walked with God through his day, through his culture, through his landscape, and in his life. His whole life was directed by God. And that made him blameless to the people around him. Even though they might not have agreed with him, or, or maybe he thought he, he was a bit of an idiot building a boat in the middle of nowhere. But clearly, they respected this man. He was blameless among them. And so when they looked at him, they saw someone who was living his life in the right way. And we can do that too. We can be a witness to our faith 
by aiming our whole selves at God. And then lastly, it says he walked faithfully with God. And that word faithful simply means that he trusted God in everything. And all that we do and all the challenges that we face, the key thing for us is to remember to trust God and ask God for his help. And when we do that, God sees someone that he can use to bring good and to save people around him. That's how he chooses people today. The second thing that Noah did was that he followed the instructions that God gave him. In chapter 6, it says this. God says, this is how you are to build it. And he lays out the specific details, the specific dimensions of the boat that he wanted Noah to build. And then it says, Noah did everything as God commanded him. Every T was crossed. Every I was dotted. Noah built the boat to the exact specification that God gave him. Now, what do you think of this painting? It's good, isn't it? This paints by Terry West, and I think it really captures the chaos and the storm that's on around the boat. You see the water coming up from underneath and the deluge from above, and the little boat's bobbing away in the midst of the storm. What Terry also did, being an architect, he decided to produce some architect's drawings for Noah's boat, and he's put the dimensions from the Bible on the boat, and he's drawn it the way it's set out in Genesis. Uh, so it's, it's got three floors. It's got living quarters. It's got places for the animals. It's got a roof. And down here, the clients are Mr. and Mrs. Noah and family. Isn't that good? So what we have here, I think, is very helpful in terms of us thinking about God's instructions. It's important we follow them the way God gives us them. Uh, Noah wasn't a shipbuilder. It was his first attempt. I think if I was Noah, I'd have maybe started with a smaller boat to see what it looked like. But he just built the whole thing straight off and it floated. Uh, so well done, Noah. There's something there for us to learn from, I think, because sometimes not knowing what to do is an advantage for us. Because when we think we know what to do, we tend to forget to ask God what to do. And that is often a mistake for us. When we think we can do stuff in our own strength, or we think we have just have the knowledge, yeah, I did this the last time, so I'm going to do that this time, and forget to say to God, well, what do you think? What would you like me to do? How do you want me to go about this, Lord? That's the kind of prayer that God responds to. And that's the kind of prayer that will save us from building a boat that sinks or just doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. God encourages us to seek him for his direction. And we see that right throughout the Bible. When people sought God, he responded and told them what to do. And as a result, their lives were blessed. So in the week ahead, why not put that into practice 
I'm sure there's all sorts of issues, things going on in your life. You're turning over in your head and you're not quite sure how to go about resolving it. Have you asked the Lord how he wants you to approach the issue? Just say that simple prayer, Lord, show me what to do. And then listen for his response, either immediately or as you read his word or through your friends or as you go through the week, you'll find that maybe God just drops a thought into your mind, an idea that you hadn't thought about, and you think, yes, that's not me, that's the Lord, and he's showing me what to do. These are the kind of prayers that God responds to and sees someone before him who he can use to bless others. The next thing is simply to fill the lifeboat. That's what happened. Noah and his sons and his wife and his son's wives entered the ark to escape the waters of the flood. Pairs of clean and unclean animals, of birds and of all creatures that moved along the ground, male and female, came to Noah and entered the ark as God had commanded we need to fill the lifeboat because Jesus is coming back to judge the world. God is judging the world in this story. We tend to pick out the nice bits of God saving Noah's family and all the animals. But there's also quite a stern part of this story as well in that God was judging the world for the way that the world was behaving. One of the theologians that I was reading during the week about this story simply said, God observes the people and judges them according to their actions. And that's a story right throughout the Bible. And we mustn't forget that. One of the things that struck me this week as I've been thinking about this is just the fact, I think, that the church has stopped preaching about the second coming. Would you say that's a correct comment? When did you last hear a message or a fellow Christian talking about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ? And I think that's a blind spot in the church today that we need to rectify. We don't need to preach fire and brimstone all the time, but we do have a duty of care to the people around us. We do need to warn people of the coming judgment because Jesus is returning to judge the world. God cares about people like you and me, and it breaks his heart to see them walking away from him. So let's, as a church here at New Life, recover our gospel urgency, because the people around us need to hear that Jesus Christ loves them and is coming back, and he wants to come back as their saviour, not their judge. People are going about their daily business as if this day is not coming, just like Noah's story all those years ago. And also we're mistreating our planet like there is no tomorrow, aren't we, as a human race. We're devouring the planet. And the church should be taking a lead and conserving and following Noah's example, looking after the animals under our care and God's wonderful creation. This is also a way for the church to witness for God's heart 
for all people. Lastly, we need to say our prayers just like uh, Noah did. Genesis 8, it talks about Noah sending out a raven. He opens a window in the ark and he sends out a raven to see what happens with the raven after it stopped raining. Now the raven comes back and then he sends out a dove and it comes back with a little olive branch in its beak and he waits a little longer and then he sends a dove out again and the dove doesn't come back. And for me, that's a beautiful picture of uh, our prayer life. You know, we open a window to heaven when we get on our knees and pray. And then we seek God's help for our future, just like Noah was. What do we do next? What is your timing, Lord? And what we have in this story is a picture of Noah waiting on God's timing. They didn't want to come out of the ark too soon or they might drown in a sea of mud. So they had to wait till things started to grow again and there'd be places for birds and animals to inhabit and for humans too. And so they had to wait on God's timing. And that's a really important lesson for us today. Perhaps there's something that you've opened a window to God on and you're seeking his guidance. Be patient. Keep praying. Keep sending your prayers up to heaven. And God can be trusted to guide you and get his timing right. And when we follow God's timing and not our own, we can trust that that will be the best for us. What an amazing man Noah was. And when he came off the ark, the first thing he did was worship God. And again, there's a simple lesson for us there. As Noah worshipped God and gave God thanks for preserving his family and all the animals, God saw his thanksgiving and made him a promise. He entered into a covenant with Noah, which led to the rainbow in the sky, giving him hope for the future. But the covenant that God made with Noah was very specific, and it was simply this, that he was going to make them fruitful and bless them, all the animals and all the people in that boat. And when we worship God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, like Noah did, God will bless us. He'll make us live fruitful lives, and he'll watch over us day by day. Let me say a short prayer for us now. Father, we thank you for the life of Noah and the story of the ark and what it teaches us about how we can live our lives in your direction. Lord God, in the week ahead, help us to trust you for all that comes our way. Help us to follow your instructions. Help us to lift prayers of thanksgiving to you day by day. And we pray that you watch over us and make us fruitful and use us to reach out to others and tell them the good news of Jesus, that he has come to save us from judgment. Amen. Okay, welcome back. Hope you had a good time uh, learning and singing and doing all sorts of stuff with Noah. So let's hear back from some of the people. Craft group, Robin, who have you got here? So we've been making Noah's arcs out of lollipop sticks. And it says, then God blessed Noah and his sons, Genesis 9 verse 1. And Noah built the ark. Simple as that, but they absolutely loved it. And it's gone really well.
Right, let's give them a round of applause. And there's a great truth there about God blessing people that we've been learning and here as well. When we do what God tells us to do, he blesses us and makes us fruitful. So great lesson learned from the craft group. Uh, Greg, what was going on down the stairs? Um, there's a number of press stations downstairs, and um, my two fo- about eight, eight different things to do. And uh, one of the focus today was about Noah sending out uh, various birds, seeking God for an answer as to whether they could stop. And so we had a feather we could take home with us to... Uh, think about uh, prayers that we're seeking answers for and um, I also got time to write a psalm which is cool and there's something about jelly beans and fruits of the spirit so it was also tasty down there too. <laughs> Sounds like you may want to try that next week. Does anyone want to share their psalm or? Oh they're pinned up downstairs. Okay. Uh, what about a discussion group? Does anyone want to be brave and tell us what you were discussing Tim? Well, apart from uh, going through the story in stages and um, be honest with you, I was more focused on the painting and the technical drawing and I thought to myself, both of them are equally hard to do, but they both need certain dimensions and measurements and be accurate to be a finished product. So I think that all ties in with what Noah went through and the artist as well. So I think that was a good point. Excellent. Thank you, Tim. Uh, so what Tim's talking about here is um, Terry, the artist who did this wonderful painting, uh, also produced a, a drawing according to the dimensions of Noah's Ark as we find it in the Bible. And Tim was just saying how both of these things are important and difficult to do. Following God's instructions isn't always the easiest thing to do. In fact, it's often the hardest thing to do, but always the best thing to do as well. So there's an important lesson there. And, you know, well done, Terry West. Anyone from the discussion group? Joe? So when we went through the questions, we were a bit captivated by the filling the lifeboat questions and how God is challenging us today. We concluded that rather than preaching hell and damnation, sharing God's love was the key. (laughs) Not surprisingly. But I think the other thing that came out was to really ask ourselves if God asked us to do something really different would we just dismiss it and is God challenging us as a church to change and how are we praying into that change (laughs) good point and God's always on the move he's always doing the same thing in different ways and he's always doing a new thing so yes change and we need to always be open to that so great point Joe thank you Anyone from the worship area want to share the joy of the Lord with us? Come on up. It was magnificent. I just want to thank Zoe for leading us and for everybody who sang nice and loud and drowned me. We just have two minutes left at the end. And so we had a request and we did Amazing Grace. And I have to be honest and tell you, that was just a bit of a rehearsal for glory. It was absolutely wonderful. I would invite everybody to come out next week, but don't bother because it'll be too crowded. Thank you. Well said, Jean. Yeah, and that grace thing is, is a huge part of the story where it says, Noah found favour with the Lord. It's talking about grace, God's grace and favour shining on us. And one person said that it wasn't so much about Noah finding grace. Grace found Noah. 
Uh, and that's how God finds all of us. His love and his mercy reaches out to us and saves us. So let's be found uh, by grace in the week ahead and enjoy the joy of the Lord. So we're just going to take a moment to pray now. Lord, we pray for our world today and all its turmoil and in all its chaos. We lift it to you now. We pray for those who've been affected by uh, killings in America. We pray for the people of El Paso in Texas. And we pray for the people in Daytona, Ohio, whose lives have been torn apart. Lord, we pray for our world and the violence in it, that you will bring it to an end. And we pray for the people of Whaley Bridge and ask that you'll protect them. Lord, thank you for the emergency services and the great job they are doing. We pray that you'll keep those people and their houses safe and intact. And Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit who joins with the body of Christ, your church, and blesses us as we learn together from your word. We thank you for the example of Noah. Help us to be a people who walk with you, whose hearts are aimed in your direction, and a people who follow your instructions and reach out to others with the love and good news of Jesus Christ. Amen.